Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot, No Questions Asked, Master in the Art of Intuitive Reading, and also the Tarot Coloring Book. And by the way, I'm your host for this podcast series too. This is episode 189 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is Tarot for Confident Decision-Making. And my special guest is actress and author of True Heart Intuitive Tarot, Rachel True. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on your podcast because like a lot of people, uh, I was introduced to Teresa, I think on Instagram and I've seen her books and I love the way you present the information uh, of tarot and, and esoteric studies. So I'm a fan of your work. Oh, thank you. And I am a huge fan of your work and this new deck and book, which we're going to be talking about in a, in a little bit, uh, is amazing. It, it's coming out, by the time this podcast launches, it's coming out in a few days later. So uh, people are going to definitely want to get in on it, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Let's get on with our topic. Um, I want to know, first of all, how long have you been reading tarot and what got you into it? Uh, well, I talk about this in the book, by the way, but um, I first got into tarot. I would say my first inkling with tarot was um, I was in foster care from zero to four. At four to five, I went to live with my father and his new wife, and they had what I called the library, but it was really just a bookcase. <laughs> and the books I was really drawn to, and my stepmother had taught us to read, so I could read. But the books I were drawn to were Nietzsche's Beyond Good and Evil and Carl Jung's Man and His Symbols. Now, I am assuming that's a lot because of the imagery, frankly. There was a mandala, I believe. There are a couple different covers for the you know, Man and His Symbols. But anyway, I was very drawn to that. I would parse the books. And then when I was about, I think around eight, nine, I'm thinking around that age, um, eight between eight and nine, a friend of my par- parents gave me a deck. And I was like, oh, my God, wait, I recognize this. This is something I've seen before, and it is a language. I think tarot is a language. So I, I was like, I know this language. I can parse this language. I can parcel tongue this thing. So <laughs> I kind of went back and forth and compared it, and, and that's what sparked my love of tarot. Um, and so I always had a deck, you know, all through those ages. I would say, again, uh, 1819 is probably when I got more serious about it, to be honest. I, I don't know if you remember this deck from the 80s called, um, because my grandmother told me about it, Teresa. No, um, I was around <laughs> in the 80s and the Voyager deck, right? And I was very... I was very drawn to Voyager and I couldn't understand why because it's, I'm a water sign and that, that deck strikes me as a little more air sign. It's a little more uh, intellectual than emotional, yes. but I loved it because it had images of multiculturalism in it. It was my first experience with something that wasn't just white people did, yes. <laughs> to be honest. So, you know, I kept that in mind when I designed my deck, but back to that one, it was a collage deck. And since yes. then, there's been many, many, many collage decks. I don't really use Voyager anymore, but I always keep a deck or two of Voyager around as a favorite. Um, and then in the early 90s, a friend of mine gave me the Mother Peace deck, and I loved Mother Peace. Um, I love the round shape. Uh, the yes. artwork is a bit more arts and craftsy, right, than, let's say, other refined artwork. But 
I love some of their subtle definition, interpretation differences from other decks. I love the subtle tilt that the round cards gave. I stopped using that deck though in the early 90s because I was like, I ain't got no dates and I would like some dates. And then I realized that deck has no men in it. (laughs) I think the only men in that deck is like the the, maybe there's a couple cruel king cards, but really there's these women jumping off a cliff for the Ten of Swords. And a, and it's a Greek myth, uh, you know, parallel or Greek story parallel, but it's the menarchy. And I was like, okay, you know, I get your point of view, ladies and man who worked on it, but I would like, I like some men in my deck. <laughs> so yeah, I do like a little variety. So I bounce around. I have like a lot of people, a lot of different decks and that I play around with for different moods, frankly. Yep. Uh, if I want the hard, cold truth, maybe I, you know, brutal, give it, slay me, give it to me this way. I may use the tougher deck. Um, but uh, yeah, that sparked my interest. I think as well, I just want to add to that being in Hollywood, you know, I moved out here when I was pretty young and I, I'm as an actor, it's a real smoke and mirrors bullshit business. <laughs> it's beautiful too. I love being an artist, you know, and creating a character, but I think the tarot decks and doing daily readings and keeping notebooks back then when I was really studying were really great to keep me grounded in myself as opposed to getting lost in Hollywood or completely lost in a character, you know, and it, cause you always assimilate as an actor a little bit of the characters you're playing. So I think tarot was really instrumental in helping me uh, stay grounded. <laughs> well, you <laughs> because- know, I just want to add, because we all know actors and performers need giant egos. And you do need a bit of an ego, but you also need to know what's real and what's Memorex. Kids don't know what that means. But but what what is real and what is your hype? I think Tarot's good at that for me. Well, I've spent my entire life around musicians, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, But we need that ego to get up on stage. You have to have cojones and chutzpah to think you will listen to me talk or sing or perform. But we also want to make sure we don't think the whole world revolves around us because then we're delusional. we got to keep our feet planted on the ground, which is what it is. But keep reaching for the stars. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you mentioned then that tarot's helped you. And I know so many people think of tarot just as divination. But, um, you know, we have choices in life. And I'm one of those people that believes, you know, that tarot can help us to see what choices might be. So what do you feel about free will versus making choices? Well, first of all, I want to say I absolutely Use tarot for divination. (laughs) I do. I do not stress it, though, in my book, because my feeling is, especially in today's new age world, you have to learn to walk. Uh, You have to learn to get in touch with your intuition, right? So you have to learn to walk before you can fly your broom. There's a lot of newly minted witchlings out there who are pretty sure because they have uh, sexuality, that's enough to make them a witch. And I'm like, that's a component. It's all a component of it. So I back to the divination. Yes, I actually absolutely use my deck for that. But that's not the through line and thrust of my book because I feel like most Americans are so full of stuff that that the you know their connection to their intuition is fuzzy. So yes. my thing is strip away some of this stuff, get in touch with your intuition first, and then you can delve really into the magic side of things, let's say, right? But back to your question, which I totally, I think, (laughs) didn't really (laughs) answer is I do believe in free will, you know? I think when I do a spread, 
I'm a fan of spreads. I don't always do spreads, but especially for a new uh, practitioner, if uh, the cards or the car, the spreads are kind of a roadmap to understanding a little bit of what's happening, I think. Then you get to a certain point where I don't need the cards anymore. I'm sure you don't need the cards, Teresa, to read someone. I don't need the cards at all uh, because I've developed my intuition. But when I do a spread and the outcome, you know, or, or let's say I don't necessarily feel like, oh, is this the way it's going to go? This is it. I don't believe anything's faded. I think it's showing me by looking at the patterns in the spread, but also showing me my own behavioral patterns that I can change the future. As Carl Jung says, the best way to predict the future is to understand how the present evolved from the past, right? So, and Carl Jung used these cards with his patients as well. So my theory is, oh goodness, that looks set in stone. I mean, you get a major arcana there, it's done. But I think if I can shift some of my actions and mental patterns and thoughts, then I can help shape and change the direction of where my life is going. And I think that's what tarot is exceptional at. So yes, divination for sure. But I do believe you have to be a little more practiced to really get true divination from tarot. Does that make sense what I'm saying, Teresa? Oh, it makes total sense. I'm nodding my head because, (laughs) you know, I use it for divination too, but I'm not one of those people who thinks, well, looks like uh, we're ending on the devil. I guess I'm screwed. It's like, no, 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 no. Let me see what this means and what can I can do with this. Right. It's It's active. It's tarot is active. Your participation in it is active. You're then what you do afterwards. Everybody wants a reading to say, tell me what's going to happen, but then nobody wants to do anything (laughs) to shift what's going to happen. And so I've heard uh, your tarot bites before, and I know you're a fan of therapy and I'm a fan of therapy as well, like therapy. And then in tandem with your readings, right? But one of the best ways, honestly, that I use my cards and why I wanted to write the book was I, I, I use it. I really, I wrote this on the back of the book. It's literally like a shrink in a box. Yes. It's a therapist in a box and a Xanax too. Yes. If you take in the message without the you know pharmaceuticals, because you can see the patterns, especially yes. if you're a young practitioner and instead of just pulling cards willy-nilly, you follow a spread, you begin to see, oh, I'm getting a lot of swords and they're lined up here and they're going on the vertical axis. And they, all of these different components go into, I think, utilizing a tarot deck. Did right I even on. remotely answer your question? Yes. <laughs> and you know, you brought up something that, that I say all the time. I mean, you brought up about how some people get a reading and then, then they don't do anything. And one of the things I always say is that tarot is not a passive act. Life doesn't right. just happen to you. I mean, yes, some things happen to you, but a lot of things happen based on our decisions. Absolutely. And I listen, and I believe like really, really terrible things happen to good people too. This is not the secret 07 where you brought it all on yourself. I I think there's great things on that book, by the way. I'm not making fun of it completely, but I am saying that part of it where where you must have brought it on yourself. There's a component of that. Yes. We look at our behavior to see how we ended up in the situation we're in. But what I love tarot, tarot for as well is oh my God, this terrible thing happened, right? So I can help process it in the reading rather than stay stuck in, I'm a victim. I am a victim of this terrible thing, which people think is an active space to live in, especially, listen, I'm an auntie now, I guess. I hate that expression, but like sometimes I look at the millennials and I feel them. I'm like, I see your pain and your pain is valid. And then I say, what beyond that though? You know, a lot of young empaths come to me and say, I'm an empath. 
I'm an empath and it's just so hard for me out there. It's just so hard. Everybody comes to me and I said, well, then it's your response, our responsibility to develop a, a uh, pull your energy back, pull it out. You have to learn to control your gifts and you also have to learn not to give a shit with so-and-so energetically or mentally or physically says about you. Right. So that's just stuff I learned as a grown up, though. You know, yes. that, you know, um, that's interesting, too, because I also deal with a lot of young empaths that really feel that, especially right now with the way things are going in the world, they feel like they don't have a choice. Like somehow that everything is falling apart, uh, like in a handbag. It is an overwhelming time, by the way. I do not do, I absolutely feel that and agree with them that, whoa, it's an overwhelming time. But my theory too is if we are so overwhelmed, I love to use tarot to kind of figure out I, I also realized I had to set a cool off point. Like if I get bad news, I'm an idiot for 10 minutes. I will not say the right thing. I will go off. So now I've learned just don't talk to nobody for 10 minutes, right? <laughs> really though, or do a reading and then I can go talk to my friend about what's going on with me in a more streamlined way where I'm not asking them to live in the minutia of my brain because I have... They have their own minutia. So expecting someone to listen for two hours to me talk about how terrible this guy is, like eventually I'm going to be like, well, what, why, do you, why are you attracted to terrible men? <laughs> and then they're like, shut up, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this then. Um, if, you know, if you're feeling like life is challenging or the world is challenging or your life right now is challenging, so how could you use tarot to make a better decision? What would be a process for people to do that? Well, again, I think with, 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 with the overwhelming things we're all going through, and I'm a black woman living in America today who, you know, can't get black people to talk about my book. So I'm frustrated as well as just being a black woman and knowing someone might shoot me on the street these days because um, things are emboldened by, you know, what's going on in our government. It is all really overwhelming. So that's why I kind of talk, not extensively, but a little bit about developing calming rituals for yourself. Everybody has rituals and you can call them something other than ritual. If you're not into that word, you can call them whatever you want, but self-soothing things. And so rituals are in the end self-soothing, aren't they? Because I know if I do this and set this here and this object and it is calming. So one, developing a kind of consistent ritual, I would say, when I first started really seriously digging into tarot, and this is a true story. I'd already been really into tarot. I'd kept notes and da, da, da. But then my TV broke in the early ni- mid-90s, and I was like, huh, I only had three channels, but my TV broke, right? So I was like, oh, I'm not going to fix it. I'm going to be, I'm supposed to be doing something. My intuition said, you're supposed to be doing something else besides watching your three channels. I kept copious note- notebooks on tarot. And then nine months later, and I kid you not about that timeline, the craft strip script dropped in my lap, and I went, I think I'm prepared <laughs> for this. So, and I think I called it in. And they weren't yeah. even looking for anyone black. So what I'm saying is you may not know in the moment that what you are doing is leading you to something bigger, but the practice that we develop along the way. And then also if you get cards that are super negative, like I was thinking the other day, I got the, the I had a romance gone awry a while back and I'd gotten the devil card and the tower card, right? And I think devil cards and the outcome. So here, and I'm a practice person with tower. And I went, oh God, this person, you know, after it went pear-shaped, they went, I knew it. They were the devil. Da-da-da. But now a couple months later, I gave it a lot more thought and I went, 
Yeah, no, not the devil. He wasn't the devil. It was our shadow sides. That uh, was a harbinger. The devil and the tower come up in the reading. Yeah. So what I learned was it's not that that person was the devil, because it's so easy to say that about someone. Now, they were the idiot. No, it was our shadow sides were going to collide in a tower side manner, and they did. And so that gave me another level to go down to, okay, so now I, even at this age, I understand that reading I originally had and got those cards a few times with the same person. Now I can take that energy and understand what needs to be worked with, with my shadow side in, in, in triggering with men. Wow. So, I love that. That's really profound and deep too. It's not like you're just saying, oh, it's the devil. You really went in and did a lot of digging around. But you have to, I think. And it's also why I'm not a huge fan. I love a card pull of the day. Like I used to do those on Instagram. I don't anymore, but you do. And other people, you know, three card. But once we started to get into YouTube, a million card reading about you, Sagittarius, I'm not, I'm not against it. There's some good readers on there, right? There's also some Vegas card sharks. I'm not kidding. <laughs> but I don't love a big general reading like that because it's too general. It's so easy for a young person to go on YouTube and go, he's coming back. He's leaving. Mm -hmm. There's a reading for everything on there. And you're going to go with the one you hope for, which is why I'm a huge fan of, um, I think you can learn about cards by watching them. So that's one way to utilize it rather than going, this is my reading (laughs) because it's not your reading. They don't know you. They haven't picked up on your personal energy. So those are things I think that are important to remember, you know, when we're looking at all that stuff. Um, but I am a fan of a card collective reading because there is the collective unconsciousness. You can feel it shift at times, right? And you can feel it get really tense. And so I I doubt you have many black Christians listening to your podcast, (laughs) but if you do, I'm always thinking to them, my brothers and sisters, like, it's just, if you're so convinced, God is everywhere, then it's just another way to get in touch with the God inside you or to clear away the noise so you can hear that voice, because speaking of the devil card, like I did, right? Um, It's so easy to go, well, it's just the devil and it's not, or it's the devil's voice, but it's all confusing. So utilizing these images, which are paper cards printed in China, most likely, to, to tap into your own subconscious and trigger your intuition is just, I hope, you know, something I can hopefully accomplish with this book. I think you do. And again, I, one of the things I like about the book is that you share your stories. And I think that really helps people to connect with this deck uh, and their intuition. I love the stories. Stories are always very important to me. So let me ask you this, speaking of stories, can you tell me about the best decision you ever made with Tarot's help? <laughs> oh, goodness. Gosh, there's been a lot, you know? So it's kind of tricky to pick just one. I would say it's... Personally, for me, it's less one specific reading, although I've had many that are so, you know, the thing about tarot, right, is you can say, I'll, tr- I'll try to test myself sometime, my own psychic ability. You know, I'll pick up the deck and I'll say, well, if that was really true, show me this card. And you pull out the one card you said out of 78. So, um, but any one, I think in general, what it's done for me, and I know it's not exactly the answer you want, but rather than one particular reading, cause I know there's been many that are really hit home for me, but it is more just the consistency of a, let's say when you're in a space that isn't great doing a daily practice so that you can see the reflection of your growth and changes. If that makes any sense, it's seeing, getting the same cards crappy cards 
they're, they're not crappy. There's good and bad cards. Like even the devil card is a deliciously good time in its right. best sense, which is why I do high and low vibration, right? Because the highest vibration would be freedom and liberation and sexuality and a uh, bacchanalian good time, right? But the downside is addiction and all these codependency and all these other things. So for me, it's not so much, I think, one, although I will take pictures of some spectacular readings where it's an 11-card reading and it's literally all majors, you know? Uh But um, more so than one particular reading, I'm going to throw this out there, that I'm a huge fan of the Mother Peace spread. I still use their spread. I think they're modified. It's a modified Celtic cross, basically, but it's in a round shape. And I think it gives so many different avenues to read it from. So that's why I put it, included it, because I feel, I feel more of a connection to that spread than I do the Celtic cross. I always feel you're, I think you're an air sign, right? You probably love Celtic yes, cross. I feel, yeah, I, I, do. Feel dis, I feel disconnected as a water sign from it. It feels distant. So there's something about the round mother piece that feels much more warm and watery to me. I don't, have cool. enough, I don't have enough air in my chart, lady. <laughs> That's the truth. I need some more air. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'm missing this fire. I've no fire. I've got a perfect blend between air, earth, and Really? Water. Really? Interesting. So no fire. None. But I'm very fiery. You know, yeah, that's the other thing is like, I love all these studies, but I also think within it, it's sort of like when I write, I'm working on scripts now, when you write a script, there's rules, but you have to know the rules to break them, right? And then you break them. So knowing that as an error sign, I think this way, but also knowing that you can be super fiery without any fire in your chart, or I think I can be disconnected, not disconnected, that's a bad word for our sons, but like intellectual (laughs) And in my mind and processings in my mind first, the way an air sign would, even though I'm a water sign and most of the time it hits my gut and then it filters up to my brain. But there are certain times where I'm very much an air sign, even though I don't have much of that in my chart too. And I think that's what I think with tarot, people do a spread and they see these terrible cards. They don't realize it's just the energy of now. Yes. Even a big spread like Mother Peace, which is 11 cards, and then I think you can pull two more. I'm not very big on pulling qualifiers, to be 100% honest. That's just me. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, people listening. I'm simply saying when I do an 11-card spread and I don't get it, I think my job is to go do the dishes and come back and see what I've thought about and get it. You know, And what can I? If I'm not getting it, there's a reason I'm not getting it. I have a block in that area. I need to delve further into that. That's my philosophy, though. You know, so I don't pull a million other cards to be like, what does that mean? I'm pretty smart. If I can't figure out what it means, I probably need to chew on it for a minute. See, now I'm the same way. When I do my own spreads and if I'm doing something on a situation, I lay out the cards. That's it. No more qualifying. No more advice cards. I mean, once in a great while, if I'm confused and I'm like, what the hell? Let me pick one now. But generally, I just, it's, it is what it is. And now let me figure out how to work with this energy. Well, yeah, because I think it's very confusing when you start to throw a lot of extra cards uh, and you're, you, don't, you don't necessarily know they're not in a position, right? You don't know what it represents. You're just throwing it to kind of go around this. And it can start to get confusing for new people. That's what I think. And again, I've always said, I think that um, when it comes to tarot books, whether it's yours, mine, whoever, there's, there's room for many, many, many schools of interpretation. And that's what I call them in my book. It's interpretations. They're not definitions. (laughs) They're my interpretation of, and I'm basing it off, uh, you know, writer weight because that's my background. And, and I think 
those, those archetypes are applicable for everyone. I think it's a good starting point. Like I always say too, like learn to read the basics because then you can get your Lisa Frank deck with a frog sitting on a happy pumpkin and, and then you'll know what that means. There's nothing wrong with those decks, but if you don't understand what that card is originally based on, it gets a little confusing, I think. And I'm not, not there's room for many, many decks, you know, so not knocking any of them as long as we kind of understand how to read them. But also I want to do a little homage to Pamela Coleman Smith. You know, there were definitely times, not the whole time, but there were definitely times when I was writing the book or working on essays, I was like, felt very connected to her, you know? Yes. She's got an amazing history too. Uh, I know that uh, Mary Greer wrote a whole book all about her. So uh, let me say, I love that book. And let me sing my praise, by the way, of Mary Greer, who I know has been on your podcast, but she was very instrumental to me back in the day when I, you know, because we didn't have, listen, the internet was around. It was, (laughs) but it was BBMs and it wasn't what it was now. Uh, So you had to go buy books. You had to learn by getting (laughs) books and really studying. And honestly, I think during that time um, when I was coming up, there was something precious you understood that it wasn't just you pick up a deck and you know what you're doing. There was a bit of respect and ritual for what needed to go into beginning to even start to understand the secrets the deck wanted to tell you. I think it's a little different now. It feels like everyone's, and I'm not knocking it because I want women to feel empowered, but it does feel like everyone's a witch now, you know? And honestly, I get a little cynical because not saying everyone can't be a witch, but sometimes I'm like, really? Like, if you're the daughters of the witches they didn't burn, like, why are you such a bitch, Karen? <laughs> like, honestly, <laughs> that's just how I feel sometimes. And that's because I'm coming from a grown black woman's perspective, you know? Uh, and I'm entitled to that. I've earned it. That's the great thing about this age, Teresa. So I went, wait a second. I'm grown enough that no one can say, you don't know what you're talking about. Or you dot, dot, dot. Like, no, I'm a grown up now. <laughs> Exactly. That's one of the best things about getting older. You know who you are, you are grown, and you can do what you want, which I love. Yes. And I think my tarot practice definitely got a little clearer for me as I got older and understood that I think it is really hard sometimes when you're in your 20s because you are changing. You're, yeah. you're as a you're changing a lot and there's a new plateau, a thousand plateaus like Deleuze and Guattari, the French philosophers talk about you're, you're just so kinetic with energy then that it's kind of hard to, to ground yourself. And I, I'm not trying to take that away from them, by the way, it's a beautiful time of life. Yes, absolutely. But also lived experience helps you to be a better reader. I think so too. I mean, my thing too, with, with people who are starting out, like it's great, pull out the book anytime you want with your friends and blah, blah, blah. But if you're going to charge people, you might not want to pull out the book. You should, you should be able to pick up a card and tell me exactly what that card is without the book. And I know there's 78 of them. <laughs> Even still, you should know because other books have done this, but I break it down in mind too. Like if you try to memorize 78, it's really confusing. Uh, if you start to think of it in terms of the patterns and the suits and yes. the energy and how many of a certain card and all those things you, that you speak uh, you know, a lot on, on your podcast about, once you start to take all that in, you see it's not as much to memorize, you know, yes. ultimately. Uh, and I talked to about getting to know the cards sort of the actor's way, which is to get the feeling of the cards, you know, rather than just the rote, the the interpretation that I wrote or someone else wrote, um, lock in that feeling because that will stay with you. That feeling on a visceral level will stay with you forever. So when you look at that card, you will, you will tap into that feeling without even knowing 
uh, you know, without even knowing you're doing it. And that helps you get to know the archetypes because I thought the court cards were confusing when I was younger and, and they still are to a lot of people, but now I'm like, they're just sides of yourself or other people. (laughs) Right. It's not that confusing actually. And if you think of the court card as, oh, well, this is the the family of fire and spirit and, and energy. And this is the family of intellect. And it's, it's, to me, it's really easy, which is probably why you're a much better teacher than I am in terms of that. I think I did a good job in the book, but if I do teach, sometimes I forget that people don't know the basics, you know? Um, so it's, it's a, it's been great. I mean, I loved writing. I used to read a book a day, Teresa, and they didn't believe me and they tested me on comprehension. So for me, as an avid reader, to actually become an author is, you know, one of my dreams. And I think I have seen that in tarot readings, by the way. When you talk about important yes. readings that I've done in my life, there are definitely readings that tip me off that this was going to be a big, momentous thing. And I don't mean like it's going to rock the world with its um, sales or anything like that. I just mean in my personal evolution, you know? And I've had a lot of people say to me, Ooh, why don't you start a YouTube tarot channel? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, uh, no, <laughs> not what I'm interested in. And also ultimately for me, I'm an artist and this is just part of one of my self-expressions. I haven't given up being an actor or writing to become solely a tarot reader. This is just a part of my identity. And I, I think, um, that's a nice thing. When you get older, you just start to embrace all sides of your creativity rather than it must be this way, you know? Right. There's not just one path. Yeah. I mean, there's many things within that same path of being an artist. And I do believe tarot can help people tap into their intuition, but their own creativity. You know, like if you can free up your intuition, that frees up your creativity to be the best artist you can be in whatever medium you're working in. Absolutely. So the book, um, True Heart Intuitive Tarot, it's a book and deck. And when is it coming out? And oh. where can people get it? <laughs> well, I say you can get it from your favorite bookstore. I mean, listen, we're in the middle. We are still in a pandemic where lots of small businesses are suffering. So, you know, if you can order from a local store, that is fantastic. Or you can order from, a, you want to support a Black-owned business, amazing. I don't know that any of them are carrying my books because Christians. But hey, you can ask. Um, but also Amazon and the usual suspects. I've got links in my Instagram bio uh, to where you can buy it. Um, but I'm excited. It's so in about two weeks, it comes out. Uh, it's well, fun. I, it's been a weird process, man. You know, you've written a bunch of books. I know. And I've got the book. I've got the deck. I think people are going to really, really love it. It's, um, it's so well done. I love all your stories in there. And I think people are really going to find this deck to be one that they're going to want for their tarot collection. So I think the nice thing, oh, sorry, just the nice thing about tarot cards is you have tons of them, I'm sure. Many people collect decks because like I said, I use ones for different moods that I'm in. And so I think this can go along with it. And the other thing I wanted to say about my book is I like that it has page long uh, card interpretations because I know a lot of decks come with like a small booklet or, or, or thin little paper thing with just a line or two. And I thought that was confusing to me in the beginning. Yes. So I wanted a much longer definition. And then like um, Teresa said, I have memoir essays in there where I fillet myself. So you don't have to, because in the end, I wanted to write all these stories about how great life is because I've had some amazing, fantastic, wonderful experiences. But to, to be honest, laying myself bare and saying the times when it was a bit tricky, mm-hmm. I think is, is more edifying for people reading. Yeah. And for tarot, tarot, you know, of course 
is a doll like the sun card. It's got all kinds of <laughs> challenging things too. So we have to share those stories that are challenging because that helps people then to relate the card to their own lived experiences also. Absolutely. So Rachel, what's next? What are you going to be doing next? What's your next project? Oh, I have a couple movies in the can uh, that I shot right before COVID. So um, one is a horror movie called Ag. It's sort of an intellectual horror movie. Horror is a little bit too strong a word, but it's a very weird, interesting intellectual film uh, where I played a nun. So I'm super excited about that. It was so fun to explore that side of things, you know? Um, That's what I love about acting, by the way. You get to try on all the court cards. Yes. You really do. And so The Nun is something I hadn't played around with before. And I, anyway, I'm writing uh, a couple scripts as well. I, I loved writing the book. So, oh, that was really hard, you guys. It's really hard. Um, but so writing scripts is a little more closer to what I do here. And I think I'm excited about hopefully getting a script out there that is about our grown-up women voices, but not in the way Hollywood keeps telling it. Like you hit an age and then you're suddenly, Teresa, do you feel any different as a person than you did when you were 25 and you met your man and you were hopping on the back of his bike? No, we're still us. And they seem to miss that, I think, in, in movies or Anyway, that's, that's hopefully what I'd like to, um, to get across because people say to me all the time, like, you still look good or you don't look bad in order for your age. And I'm like, what do you think grownups are? Exactly. What do you think grownups look like? And to be honest, it's still just me with a little more caution. Like now I'll think sometimes before I say stuff or, you know, I'll think. And that's really the only difference between me and me as a kid. I still think I have that joie de vivre I always had for life. Yes, and it definitely shines through in our conversation today. So, Rachel, where can people find you if they want to work with you? Oh, let's see. Uh, I am on, I think the best way to track me down these days uh, is cut out the middle. I'm on Instagram at True Rachel True, at True Rachel True. And then I'm on Twitter at Rachel True. I do have a Patreon. I don't talk about it or push as much just because I kind of like how small and insular it is. Like, again, the goal wasn't for me to become a tarot. Like, I'm now the tarot guru and I do a tarot. T- that's, not, that's not necessarily my life path, I think. But my path is hopefully to put this book out there so people can start reading their own cards and save some of their own money. And I'm not knocking. I go to people. I have readings done by people, but I know people who get addicted, right? They don't want to yep. do the work, so they just get addicted to reading after reading. And so my, my goal would be here, you guys learn to do it yourself and save yourself some money, by the way. But um, yeah, I hope once pandemic kind of settles down, I'd love to, I'd love to start acting more. I really, really love acting. And um, I think I'm at, again, a perfect age. I played young for so long that I'm sort of excited to play grownups, which I did on Better Things, by the way. Like I did an episode of Better Things and it was a joy to play a grown woman with uh, an actualized set of uh, feelings and real problems. So I don't know. I like the idea of showing people like you can be a grown woman and doing this through acting film really writing because you get to control everything. (laughs) You get to create the world, even even with the books, you know, it's amazing. That is something you created. You must, like, I know that feeling when you hold your book in your hand, it's pretty exciting, isn't it? Totally. And I got to tell you, I am very excited for other people to get their hands on your book and deck. And I want to thank you for spending time with me today uh, and sharing your wisdom and your great stories with me today. So thank you, Rachel. 
Thank you, Teresa. I'm so glad we finally got a chance to connect. Finally. All right, people. And so finally, that is going to wrap up this episode of Tarot Bites. And remember, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons. I've got lots of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and so many other good things for you to scope out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you like the podcast, you know what I want you to do. Get over to iTunes, leave a kind review so more people can find their way to Tarot Bites. And as always, I'd like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. 